Hey everyone, I'm Fallon Fulce, and this is The Strategist, a place where you can come to learn tools, tips, and tricks to ditch your toxic workplace so that you can actually enjoy coming to work again. Hey everyone, I'm Fallon Fulce, and welcome back. I am really excited about this topic this week. It is honestly one of my favorite topics to research and to learn about because it's something that As I was going through my journey of figuring out, you know, what was wrong with me as well, the list goes on on that one. But as far as as it relates to how I was in a toxic workplace and what was going on on the inside of me that was creating that situation. And one of the things that I started researching as I was going through this a whole you know journey that I was on it was about the stress response in my body because what was happening is I was constantly being in this state of fight or flight or freeze and I was constantly living in that mode which whenever we are I mean the whole point of the stress response is so that we can stay alive and get out of danger. The problem is, is that whenever we are constantly being exposed to things that we feel are threatening on some level, then we are constantly living in that state of fight, flight, or freeze. And short term, that's great because obviously if a car is about to run us over or an animal is chasing us, we want to be able to respond. The problem becomes is when we are perceiving things at work that are stressful and really it's more of like you have this coworker that's sitting next to you that is constantly verbally threatening in some kind of way and maybe not in a way that HR would come and get you, you know, but in a way that you perceive as threatening or you have a boss that constantly makes it to where you have to be on your game 24 7 and making sure you don't miss a beat well that creates that environment for you to you know as you perceive it create that stress response in your body And this is what was happening to me as I was in that toxic work situation. And I'm sure you probably can relate if you are also in that kind of situation. So whenever I started to really research this, because I knew that in order for me to change and to shift things, I really had to understand what was actually physically happening to me and why was I experiencing all of these things and looking back on it and even today a lot of the health issues that I went through that I am experiencing now to even now just because I still am working on healing some of that is all due to being stressed out all of the time and we don't always our finger on it we don't always realize that that is what is causing our 
health issues is the fact that we are constantly stressed. And that's partly due to the human response to prolonged stress is in order to keep us alive, our brains normalize the fact that we are stressed. It normalizes the fact that we have elevated stress for long periods of time. Hey everyone, I'm Fallon Fulce and welcome back. I am really excited about this topic this week. It is honestly one of my favorite topics to research and to learn about because it's something that as I was going through my journey of figuring out, you know, what was wrong with me as well, the list goes on on that one. But as far as, as it relates to how I was in a toxic workplace and what was going on on the inside of me that was creating that situation. And one of the things that I started researching as I was going through this whole you know, journey that I was on, it was about the stress response in my body because what was happening is I was constantly being in this state of fight or flight or freeze and I was constantly living in that mode, which whenever we are, I mean, the whole point of the stress response is so that we can stay alive and get out of danger. The problem is, is that whenever we are constantly being exposed to things that we feel are threatening on some level, then we are constantly living in that state of fight, flight, or freeze. And short term, that's great because obviously if a car is about to run us over or an animal is chasing us, we want to be able to respond. The problem becomes is when we are perceiving things at work that are stressful and really it's more of like you have this coworker that's sitting next to you that is constantly verbally threatening in some kind of way and maybe not in a way that HR would come and get you, you know, but in a way that you perceive as threatening or you have a boss that constantly makes it to where you have to be on your game 24-7 and making sure you don't miss a beat. Well, that creates that environment for you to, you know, as you perceive it, create that stress response in your body. And this is what was happening to me as I was in that toxic work situation. And I'm sure you probably can relate if you are also in that kind of situation. So whenever I started to really research this, because I knew that in order for me to change and to shift things, I really had to understand what was actually physically happening to me and why was I experiencing all of these things. And looking back on it, and even today, a lot of the health issues that I went through that I am experiencing now to even now, just because I still am working on healing some of that is all due to being stressed out all of the time. And we don't always 
put our finger on it. We don't always realize that that is what is causing our health issues is the fact that we are constantly stressed. And that's partly due to the human response to prolonged stress is in order to keep us alive, our brains normalize the fact that we are stressed. It normalizes the fact that we have elevated stress for long periods of time. So while we may still be stressed, it may seem like it's not that big of a deal. You know, the Tyrannosaurus Rex isn't coming get me today. You know, it's it's just the lowly other little dinosaur, like the Triceratops or something that's coming at me from the sky. It's, it's fine. It's not an immediate threat, but it's just there. Um, and pardon the dinosaur references. It's due to my five-year-old. You're welcome. So it's relative our brains our bodies our experience is all relative so when we have this prolonged experience of chronic stress then it goes into normalizing that because how else are we going to survive how else are we going to stay mentally sane in that kind of situation so chances are you don't even realize how stressed you are until you start unpacking it and going into the layers of what is causing the stress in the first place. And this is what I have been working on for years in my own life of unpacking those layers because there's always healing that we can do. It's never this, I've gotten to the peak of the mountain and now it's all downhill from here. It's let me peel back this layer of the onion and oh, there's another onion, you know, and it's okay because that's the whole point of the human experience is to come in and experience all of it right even the hard stuff and in fact sometimes the hard stuff is where we learn the most but it's through this journey that i went through where i started to really unpack what was happening on a physical level of what was causing my stress because I'm the kind of person where I want to know the science behind it and I want to know how it works and break it down into the steps to where I can really understand it because if I don't do that and I don't wrap my head around the small building blocks well then I can never really unpack the big picture so right now I want to kind of take you through how the stress response happens in your body so the first thing that happens is obviously something in your external world is causing you to have like begin that response. So it's perceived with the senses. We experience the outer world through our senses. And that is our human experience. Because without any of that, like imagine if you had no sense of sight hearing, touch, taste, you know, all of these things, you literally would have only what's going on internally with you, your thoughts and things like that. Like it would not be anything happening that's like bringing that outer experience into your inner world. So when you are having, you know, you perceive something as stress, it's perceived through the senses. 
After it's perceived through your senses, your amygdala, which is your emotional processing center in your body, will interpret whatever it is that you're seeing, feeling, sensing, and make a judgment call. Is this a threat? Is this going to kill me? Is this going to hurt me? Or is it something that's good for me and I want to laugh and feel joyous and happy? And chances are, if your body makes, or the amygdala makes that decision that it's a threat, well then here's the cascade of things that happen after it. So your amygdala sends a hormonal signal to your hypothalamus, and that is the body's communication command center. So it's like the, okay, I got the orders from the amygdala to do X, Y, and Z, and then I'm gonna send it out to X, the, this gland or this part of the body, and this is the chain of reactions that's gonna happen. So the hypothalamus is just this command center. And I kind of almost think of it like in uh, World War II where it was like the uh, women answering the phones, it's like the phone center, right? Like without that, it wouldn't have been, like no one would have communicated with the rest of it, so nothing would have worked. So that's what the hypothalamus does. And what that ends up doing is going through your autonomic nervous system and the autonomic nervous system is broken up into two separate parts it's got the sympathetic nervous system which is like the gas pedal or uh, fight fight or freeze type of mentality and that's where that is processed through and then you also have the other side of it the parasympathetic nervous system which is more like the break where it's like the rest and digest is the thing that they like to say with that one so it's it's made up this uh, duality where you've got the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system that keep the balance of how you feel and how your body is running. So when you're having the stress response and your hypothalamus, you know, that gets the order from the amygdala and says, oh, okay, we got to react. It goes through the sympathetic nervous system because that's your fight, flight, or freeze part of your nervous system. It sends a signal to your adrenal glands to reduce, uh, to produce adrenaline. And I'm sure you guys are very familiar with what adrenaline is, but what it's doing is it's released into the bloodstream and it causes things like increased heart rate. It changes where your blood is circulating. It puts it all into your heart your muscles and your vital organs. It also causes increased breathing rates. It also will dilate your pupils, you know, make your senses more perceptive to where you can take in more from your outer world to further analyze what kind of threat is actually happening to me and what do I need to do? And I thought that this was really interesting because I've always had um, blood sugar issues where it was actually hypoglycemic, which is like on the lower side. But I thought this was interesting where adrenaline will actually trigger the release of blood sugar, like glucose. So in that kind of situation, like for me, it's, it releases that glucose when I have that first hit of adrenaline of, you know, me responding to a threat in my environment. But then what will happen is my body overcorrects for it and actually causes my blood sugar to go lower. So it's interesting because I always thought that the hypoglycemia that I experienced actually 
was something due to my genetics or something due to my environment or what I was eating or any of that. But looking back on it, it actually is most likely linked directly to my stress response because when I was having those immediate stress feelings and when the adrenaline was released, it was releasing a lot of glucose into my blood, which would cause my pancreas to overcorrect and drive my blood sugar lower after you know it had that chance to respond and so i would have that initial spike but then go lower than i'm supposed to so it's just interesting um so if you're hypoglycemic maybe that's part of it and um okay so that is how it goes from you know you perceive something your adrenaline goes and then you can immediately respond like you can get out of the way of a moving car and not even have to think about it and But what happens when it continues, where you are continuing to be or feel that you are being threatened? So in that case, what's going to happen is your hypothalamus will then, after your amygdala again perceives that you're continuing to have a stressor or threat coming at you, your hypothalamus will release corticotropin releasing hormone or CRH which is a hormone that will go into your pituitary gland and your pituitary gland will then release adrenocorticotropic hormone HCTH which then goes into your adrenal gland so a back you're basically going back to your adrenal glands but you got to bypass and go into your pituitary gland and um, then in your adrenal glands at that point will release cortisol and cortisol is the hormone that most people associate with stress it is basically going to take all the things that the adrenaline did and do it on a more long-term basis and so this is where you in normal settings where like maybe you do have something where you initially are let's just combine the story right Initially, you are about to be hit by a car, you jump out of the way, and that's your adrenaline. But then a saber-toothed tiger is coming on the sidewalk and you've got to run. Well, in that case, your cortisol levels would increase and prolong, allow you to continue to run away from the threat. Now, obviously, that is a very fictitious story. And if that's a real story for you, well, then maybe (laughs) you got some other stuff going on. But just as an example that's kind of what i mean is you've got either a short-term response or a longer medium longer term response with the cortisol so in normal situations a normal stress response all this is great because it keeps us alive and we're doing great here's the thing though whenever you are in that stress response in normal situations and the saber-toothed tiger stops chasing you and gets bored and goes off into the other field over there, then you no longer have to have that stress response and you're no longer being chased. In that situation, then remember how I was talking about the autonomic nervous system having the two like duality sides of it where it's the sympathetic and the parasympathetic? Sympathetic being the fight, flight, or freeze and the parasympathetic being the rest and digest? and more like the brake pedal rather than the gas pedal. Well, 
whenever you no longer have that stress that's coming at you and the threat that's coming at you, your body will use the parasympathetic nervous system to apply the brake and stop the production of cortisol and adrenaline and stop the stress response in your body. All your levels of hormones are going to go back to normal levels and then you're good. But what happens when you are in a toxic work environment and you constantly feel threatened? Just the idea of showing up at work gets your stress response going, right? You drive up in the parking lot and you spend 10 minutes in the parking lot psyching yourself up to walk in or psyching yourself out from not leaving and calling in sick, right? When you are in a toxic work environment, you are always feeling like you need to respond to a threat. And here's the thing too, is that let's say you actually do decide to come into work and you go sit at your desk. Well, the toxic coworker or the toxic boss is literally sitting down the hall from you. You are constantly having to analyze if there's going to be some kind of threat coming at you from them. And when you're doing that, you know, your sympathetic nervous system, the whole point is fight, flight, or freeze. Well, you really in the work situation can't do either three of those, right? I mean, you're there you have to perform you have to do your job you can't fight them not in a professional way i mean you could do it in a professional way but you can't really fight them in the way that your body in that primal type of way would want to do you can't run away you can't always just say okay well i'm gonna call in sick every day for the rest of the year until they move me i mean obviously that would get you fired right and you can't freeze either because you're also supposed to perform your job. You're supposed to perform a duty that you said you would as terms of employment, right? So you're stuck. You're constantly feeling like you've got the engine revved up, but you got your foot on the brake at the same time. You're literally stuck. And that's why we feel so stuck stuck in toxic workplaces. It's because we are constantly being threatened and our body is having this stress response over and over and over again throughout the day, but we literally feel like we can do nothing about it. And this was the paradigm that I was stuck in when I was in a toxic workplace. I felt like I was powerless. I felt like I was helpless felt like there was no hope because I was stuck. So how then do we shift things? How do you get unstuck? How do you get out of feeling like that? And the thing is, is that obviously we can't just up and quit most of the time because we have families that depend on us. We have people in our lives or ourselves that depend on the income that we're getting. And let's face it, most you didn't just show up there hating work. That happened over time. When you showed up there initially 
you probably really enjoyed your job. Otherwise, why would you have decided that's a good idea that I'm going to go do this with my life? I mean, and even if it was a situation where it's like, oh, well, I did it, you know, out of necessity, well, then that's fine. But you still somewhat agreed and enjoyed going at some point. And then things got out of hand because you couldn't control and you felt stuck because you literally were revving up your engine while putting on the brake. So how do we shift out of this? How do we make the changes in our lives? Because I'm going to tell you, just from experience, you're never going to change that coworker. You're never going to change that boss. In fact, none of what they are telling you has anything to do with you. It is their perception of what is happening in their outer environment. And that is what they are projecting on you. So if we can't change our outer environment, what's left? Well, the only thing that we can really change is ourselves. And this part is really hard because, God, if I can't control my outer environment, now I've got to look inside and figure out what part of me is calling this kind of stuff in. What part of me is creating this situation? And that is really uncomfortable. Super uncomfortable. Because then we have to start admitting where we started going wrong. How are we responding to that coworker? How are we responding to that boss? And it's in that analysis of really diving into the layers of what is causing your stress in the first place from an internal perspective, not an external. It's not, well, she did this or he did that and, you know, that impacted me because of that. No, no. What did you do? What's your response to that? You see, whenever we look at it, going back into the autonomic nervous system with the sympathetic and parasympathetic, with the gas and the brake, how do we balance those two? How do we ease up on the gas pedal and apply the brake a little bit less and really allow us to move in the direction that we want to go? For me and for others that I've seen, the biggest thing that starts this whole journey is actually using the body to get out of your stress response so that you can start to really analyze and get more into your creative brain and get more into your uh, analysis of what's going on because if you're stuck in flight or flight or freeze you'll never get to that next level of analysis or creativity in figuring out how you can actually change your environment. So step one is figuring out how to use your body 
basically against itself where you start to counteract your stress response. So when you're doing this, the easiest way to impact your stress response is actually through the hypothalamus. So the hypothalamus is actually the place where it controls your breath rate and your breathing actually controls your heart rate. We're the only species really that can do that, where we can use our breath to control our heart rate. Now, obviously it switches back and forth. You don't always think about oh, how fast is my heart beating? Can I make sure it's beating the right amount? You don't think about it from that perspective. So it's, we're one of the only species who can really do that, where we can switch back and forth, where it happens automatically, but we can actually decide to take control of our breath, which lowers our heart rate or increases our heart rate. We can decide. So it's through the breath that we can start to really make an impact and cut it off at a head as far as for stopping that stress response. So first off, we have to be aware in the moment that it's happening anyways, which honestly, the stress response going all the way to adrenaline happens so fast that the first couple of times you probably won't really catch it. It's not until you get through a couple of practices of this of like actually catching yourself in that stress response that you're really going to start to see it. So don't panic if like, you don't get it right or there is no right way, but don't panic if nothing really changes the first couple of times you start doing this. It takes practice. It takes really creating a habit, a new habit, changing the neural pathways to really make that shift. And when you do that, you start to use your breath to make those changes. So next time that you are in a stress response, I want you to focus on your breath. I want you to focus on decreasing your heart rate by taking longer and deeper breaths. I've got like a whole bunch of other breath works and different things that you can do, but in those moments when you're first really trying to make an impact, on stopping that stress response, the easiest thing you can do is literally focus on decreasing um, your um, breath rate to where you're actually slowing it down, taking longer, deeper breaths, signaling to your body that it's okay to calm down and to rest and digest and to put in that parasympathetic nervous system applying the brake, saying, whoa, okay, this is not, I don't want to go down this road. You have control over that. That is the one thing that you have control over that you can use to stop the stress response and to really start to change how you react in your toxic work environment. And you will be amazed at how much easier it is for you to exist at work in this toxic workplace. And the cool thing is that you honestly will start to really shift the workplace because when you start to raise your vibration, you start to change your response. Others will take notice and either it's going to be no more fun to cause you that stress response anymore or they're going to get on board and say, you know, 
I really like the way that you've done this, or I really like the way that you responded in that situation. And then they start to emulate what you're doing. So it's really as simple as that, is starting to catch yourself in that stress response and changing how you respond. Respond to yourself first. Respond to breathing slower, taking a minute before you immediately respond back to them. Honestly, it, it sounds so simple, but it is literally just that simple. So let me know if you try this. Let me know how this works for you. If I can give you more pointers on that, be sure to leave it in the comments or leave it, you know, send me an email or find me on social. I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook and find me there. I'm Fallon Fulfs on all of that. So check it out and try it out. Let me know. And so I hope you guys have had an amazing week and I cannot wait to talk to you guys next week.